0: Last night, far left extremists, Antifa, rumped about the Pacific Northwest, smashing things up, saying we don't care who the president is. And one building they smashed up was the DNC headquarters. That's right. Democrat headquarters. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Joe Biden's America. In Joe Biden's America, we get four thousand two hundred deaths in one day. And what is Joe Biden doing while all this is going down? What is Joe Biden doing as people are rioting, as jobs are being destroyed? Why Joe Biden is watching fireworks, having a good old celebration. How inappropriate going to a party while this country is suffering. Hey, I can do what the media did, too, right? Can we all put resist and um, not my president in our Twitter bios now and start criticizing Joe Biden? Now, truth be told. We're all going to criticize Joe Biden anyway, and we should probably just talk about the Antifa stuff and move through this. But the reality is Joe Biden did go out and party for his inauguration, and I totally get it. He just became president. However, he went to uh, into the White House and he signed 17. I believe it's 17 executive orders, some of them very controversial. There's already apparently a lawsuit from Canada over the Keystone Pipeline stuff because they because that's like breaking a contract with Canadian workers. My, my point in all this is, you know, talking about what happened with coronavirus is that, you know, to be fair, Joe Biden probably should not have been celebrating with fireworks at night and dancing and song and stuff because they're the ones who campaigned on this corrupt and broken America that they needed fixing. They're the ones who claimed that every day the deaths were piling up. It was Trump's fault. Well, I tell you this, they're still going to be saying that. Well, Joe Biden chooses to forego a hard day's work in lieu of a celebration, which, again, I I get he became president. Go celebrate. Shouldn't he have sent a message to the American people where he said there will be time for celebration later? The first thing we have to do is get get into the nitty gritty and start figuring out what to do about these problems. Maybe called in something to stop the violent rioting in the Pacific Northwest, which is seemingly going on forever. No, because the reality is Joe Biden is the same as all the rest of them. He's going to get in, he's going to sign the things he wants, and it's going to cause problems for a lot of people. And he doesn't care. He doesn't care about you. That's always been the issue. You know, a lot of people say on the left that Trump didn't care about you either. And I just got to say, I don't agree. Donald Trump cares about people in a in a different way than you'd expect a normal human being to, but he does care. And what I mean by that is Donald Trump in my opinion is narcissistic. I'm not saying that because like look, people people hear narcissism and they immediately assume the person's bad. Like like what I mean is Donald Trump puts his name in big golden letters on the tops of buildings. Okay, he has a golden toilet, apparently. Yeah, the dude clearly loves himself, but he is desperate for you to love him as well. And from that, Trump cared about what the American people thought. Once he realized he couldn't win in the media, he just kind of gave up and started going after the radical left because he took what he can get. Joe Biden not only is a narcissist and an egotist, but he cares about power more than more than you. You see, Donald Trump was born, uh, for the most part, wealthy. And from that, he, you know, gets a loan from his dad, he starts a business, and then he's done it. He's super rich. He can do whatever he wants. What more do you do? And you got all that money? So he runs for the presidency because Trump wants love from people. I mean, and I mean this seriously. People talked about how his dad didn't treat him well, and so he grew up desperately wanting to get the approval of people. I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's actually quite unhealthy. And there are a lot of problems with the Trump president. Don't get me wrong. I supported him for the reasons you've probably heard me say a million and one times. But I look at Joe Biden as a guy who grew up old Scranton Joe, right? And his whole thing was, I want to come up. And he found a way to come up. And it was through, I'm going to do air quotes here, public service, where somehow the dude's become a millionaire and his family have become millionaires and his brother got multi-million dollar construction contracts in Iraq right around the time Joe Biden was sworn in and then started overseeing uh, the what was going on in Iraq. So you see how it works. Joe Biden doesn't care about you. He cares about himself and his family and coming up. Donald Trump, it's probably true to a certain degree, but he desperately wants you to love him. So at least you have that. Where's well, what's happening over in good old Portland? I believe it's Portland. The New York Times reports protesters in the Pacific Northwest smashed windows at a Democratic Party headquarters, marched through the streets and burned an American flag on Wednesday in a strident challenge by anti-fascist and racial justice protesters to the new administration of President Biden, whose promised reforms they declared won't save us. Well, (laughs) bravo. This is Biden's America. You know why? Because Biden could have on day one done something about Portland. Now, look, I maybe you could argue it's unreasonable, but is he justified in celebrating playing fireworks and dancing with everybody while this kind of stuff is going on? You want to criticize Trump for going golfing? Trump criticized Obama for going golfing. So I'll criticize Joe Biden for having a celebration with fireworks instead of sitting down, calling the leaders of these cities and the state and saying, what can we do to stop this? Instead of actually calling New York or any of these other states that are dealing with COVID and saying, let's get a plan together. They say in Portland, Oregon, lines of federal agents in camouflage now working under the Biden administration blanketed streets with tear gas and unleashed volleys of welt inducing pepper balls as they confronted a crowd that gathered outside an immigration and customs enforcement building near downtown. Some in the crowd later burned a Biden for president flag in the street. Can't say I'm complaining. You know, look, it was a couple months ago where I actually said, I just don't care about this anymore. I don't. They voted for it. The people of Portland, Oregon voted for this. So who am I to judge? Who am I to tell them you're not allowed to vote for what you want? So I, I won't. Bravo Antifa. Look, if my community voted to have a giant, inflate, a giant hot air balloon that the kids could play around in and fly up in the sky and just leave, I'd be like, oh. I mean, you got to intervene at some point, protect people. But what do you do when people choose something? We're a country of individual rights and liberties. I might not agree with putting kids in a hot air balloon and just sending it off, but it's not my family. It's their vote, and there's some serious challenges. It's a, it's a, big, it's a big conundrum of libertarianism, you know, where you draw the line. And I'm, I'm, I'm fairly left libertarian, but also, you know, eh, not, not too far into the libertarian spectrum, because I'd probably say, hey, you're going to kill those kids. You probably can't do that. And I'd say here, like, hey, yo, these guys are smashing windows, starting fires and hurting people. You probably can't do that. But at a certain point, I don't live in the Pacific Northwest. I I'm not going to tell these people what they can or can't do. If the people in these cities say we want an administration that will allow widespread violence and vandalism that will support and defend Antifa, then please. And I, my, my only response is okay. Joe Biden staffers bailed these people out. Provided uh, well, the people in Minneapolis. Kamala Harris directly solicited money for a bail fund to bail out rioters, and then 80 million people voted for Joe Biden. Good. Good for them. Are we complaining? I don't, know. don't live in Portland. If you live in Portland, you probably should leave. I'm, I, I know it's not easy. And I'll tell you this right now. I hear from a lot of people saying it can't be done. It's too hard, dude. Um, I'm sorry, man. I don't want to hear it. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I lived in Chicago and with only 200 bucks, I just left my apartment, put on a backpack, found a ride share to California, and that was it. I went to Los San. I went to San Diego, and then took a bus to LA. And I had no, I no plan, nowhere to go, just a backpack. I had some clothes, I had a computer, and I was like, "Don't care. I've got to get out of this city." Chicago was a, a dead zone. It is a cultural desert, and I knew that it was wasting. I was wasting away if I were to stay there. And this was like when I, when I was like, uh, "How old was I? Twenty, twenty-two, I think." And so, went on Craigslist, found someone who needed help driving a car, and I said, "I'll do it." And I don't know what I will find. I will arrive in this place with, with you know, I might know some people, but uh, haven't talked to them in a while, have no plan, have no job, and I made it work. So you might be in Portland right now, watching people destroy everything and saying, it's too hard, I can't leave. Look, man, people got in a boat from Europe for three months and a bunch of people died on the boat and then they landed on the shores of North America with nothing. Now that, that is hard. So maybe, maybe it'll be tough. You know, maybe it's hard by today's standards, but you got to get out of this place, man. They say another tense protest in Seattle saw dozens of people push their way through the streets with some breaking windows, spray painting anarchist insignia and chanting not only about ICE, but the many other issues that roiled America's streets last year under Donald Trump. No cops, prisons, borders, presidents, said one banner. While another proclaimed that the conflict over racial justice, policing, immigration and corporate influence in the country was not over. Merely because a new president had been inaugurated in D.C., a Democratic administration is not a victory for oppressed people," said a flyer handed out during the demonstrations, during which protesters also smashed windows at a shop often described as the original Starbucks. Whoa, really? During a protest where they smashed the OG Starbucks windows in downtown Seattle, wow! Now that's crazy. That's that's the original Starbucks is in what is? It? It's in the market. It's in the Pike Place Market uh, market area. That that's that's pretty serious. The communiques used expletives to condemn Mr. Biden and his stupid crime bill passed in 1994 and blamed for mass incarcerations in the years since. You know what? Ladies and gentlemen, I think we're going to have a great next couple of years. You know, hear me out. I'm I'm, I'm optimistic. Maybe it's not all bad that Biden's coming in. Now he's doing a bunch of crazy things. (laughs) Let me just tell you, it says, you know, it might accelerate things. And that's not necessarily a good thing. OK, but what what, uh, what I mean, what, what I mean when I say it's not all bad is that the right and the left, the, the Trump supporters and, and, the, and the far leftists might actually come to an agreement on certain issues like, yeah, Biden is stupid. His crime bill is bad. And now you've got populist right wingers who hate Biden, think he's crooked and corrupt. They're going to put on Antifa gear and be like, yeah, I don't care what you're protesting. I hate that man. And let me tell you something. You don't have to agree with the leftists ideology. If they're protesting against something you don't like, you can agree that you are challenging a broken system or something you don't like. If Joe Biden is crooked and corrupt and you don't want to be president and you hear a group of people who agree with you, it's not about the enemy of my enemy being my friend. I I don't I'm not a fan of that. But I think that we as Americans aren't enemies. We disagree. If if most of us disagree on crazy things, but we all agree that the current establishment system doesn't serve us and we want to protest that, then I think we should. I wonder if Antifa would actually support, you know, uh, like fairly right wing individuals or whatever, just saying, oh, we, don't, we don't care. We agree. Get Biden out of there. Maybe not because the right wants someone like Trump in. But if we can all agree to say Biden bad, maybe you know, we'll actually get some things done where we can actually agree on something. So no surprise here. Hours after the inauguration of Mr. Biden, federal agents in Portland used tear gas and other crowd control munitions to disperse demonstrators who had gathered to protest the harsh arrest and detention practices wielded by the federal immigration authorities under the Trump administration. Oh, what's that? Joe Biden's deploying his Gestapo in the Pacific Northwest to defend Donald Trump's immigration policies. Fascism. Tell me that's not fascism. Say it to my face. Joe Biden, Joe Biden's federal agents, tear gassed racial justice protesters in defense of Donald Trump's immigration policies. What's that you say? It's fascism. Say it. How many of these resistance Democrats will not? I'll tell you what the these protesters, these leftists, they will say it. Not the Democrats who used them. Many of these resistance Democrats who, who backed Antifa, I wouldn't be surprised if they turn. Look at this article. Are you, are, are you surprised at all the New York Times is writing about this? The New York Times showing photos and, and criticizing. Well, I shouldn't say criticizing, but framing against the left. Strange, isn't it? Antifa was useful for the time. And that's what it tends to be. And now that Joe Biden is in, they will be smeared and defamed. And uh, there we go. These poor people, these poor, poor people, you know, I'll tell you what, the the, the QAnon people, I feel bad for them, too. They're, they're really losing it. Go to go to their you go to their forums and it's just like, I won't give up. It's 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 still going to happen. The storm is coming. It's like, bro, Joe Biden, Joe Biden is president, dude. Pretty sure there's no storm. Pretty sure there was no storm a long time ago. A lot of people are making a lot of money off claiming Trump was going to pull off some Hail Mary, like it's going to happen. Trump's going to arrest everybody. And what was I saying? Look, there's a slim possibility of a triple lightning strike Hail Mary that hits the lottery machine and prints the winning ticket. But Joe Biden's going to be peacefully inaugurated. There's there, I, I, my basic explanation was it's in the realm of possibility. You know, like if someone said the moon was made of cheese, I'd be like, that's nuts. If someone said Trump can find a way to be president, I'd be like, yeah, OK, get it. But a lot of people kept saying it would happen. Just wait, just wait. It's coming. It never happened. But anyway, I'm not here to rag on on the Q people because I did a lot the other day in the past few days. I'm here to rag on the left version of the same thing. Why, here over at Twitter, you can see a tweet from the New York Times Protesters in the Pacific Northwest smashed windows at the DNC. Okay, okay, we get it. Love it, love it. This woman says, Yeah, I'm thinking these are Trump supporters that were mad that Biden was sworn in. BLM has nothing to do with this. Oh, you sad, sad woman. I feel so bad. Man, there's a lot more about uh, that 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 that's in here where people are just saying you know it's just saying it's republicans one woman said it's a tr- it's a trick it's it's not really it's it's not really the left it's it's the conservatives trying to smear them man the replies are just so sad i thought these riots were because of trump oh wait yeah amazing count dankula tweets How long before the Biden administration says, actually, Antifa is not an idea? How long before the Democrats like um, Nadler come out and say, Antifa is a serious problem? Look at this one. They're marching on the street. We don't want Biden. We want revenge for police murders, imperialist wars and fascist massacres. Well, I don't like police murders. I don't like imperialist wars and I don't like massacres of any sort. So uh, I agree with you on that one, but I don't agree with revenge. I believe in... I believe in, what's the right word for it? I guess justice. Justice is blind. Justice is not easy. And what we want is rehabilitative. Uh, we want to solve problems. We don't create problems. Revenge just makes more and more problems. It just, it just, It's not going to stop anything. Everything they said about Trump, it's coming true under Biden. And I hope you're ready. As Biden stands and watches inauguration fireworks on the balcony. Do we have some photos. Ah, oh, look at that. Late at night, posing at the Lincoln Memorial. Oh, I'm so I'm so happy that Joe Biden found the time to go and stand at the Lincoln Memorial for photo ops while this country was burning, while the left was smashing up the windows of the original Starbucks, the Pike Place Market. That's serious. Like that's that's like going downtown to a big city, you know, and I I know it happened all last year. I'm just saying, wow, I'm surprised that happened going around to residential neighborhoods like that, like they'd been doing Well, it's harder to secure and what was Joe Biden doing? He was uh, hanging out with Tom Hanks hosting Celebrating America. They did they, they, they filmed some segment of a return to normalcy. Is that what you call normalcy? Joe Biden. Let me show you something. I mentioned this earlier. Four thousand two hundred deaths on Wednesday. Do you think that Joe Biden should have been celebrating and doing photo ops while pe- thousands of, upon thousands of people were dying? I'd say the answer is no, only because the media said the answer is no over and over again when they criticized Trump. Truth be told, I realize it's kind of absurd to blame Joe Biden for pandemic deaths. We're not gods. We can't control nature. My point is more about the media and the leftist hypocrisy, that every death was Trump's fault. Okay, then by your standard, that's Biden's fault. Now they'll say, yeah, but he was just sworn in. Sure. What's he going to do today? Couldn't Biden have foregone the fireworks and the dancing to do something about this? He could have. He didn't. Okay, he went and did a photo shoot. Remember that narrative? Are we going to play these same games? Look at this from City Journal. Words of division. Heather McDonald writes, it's an odd way to seek national unity. Call a significant portion of the American public white supremacists, racists and nativists. Welcome to the Biden presidency. Joe Biden used his inaugural speech to lament the fact That this country is just marred by too much white supremacy and racism and nativism. Nativism. I love that one. That basically means if you believe taxpaying Americans should be the first in line to receive benefits from their taxes, you're a nativist. It's ridiculous. But Joe Biden, first thing he does, literally as he is being sworn in is say, basket of deplorables, basically. Some people on the left are saying it's not true. He didn't call these people. He, he didn't say that they were racist and nativists. You're lying. Remember when Joe Biden lied and said Trump and the very fine people hoax? Come on, we're going to play the same game. Let me show you exactly what he said, though, so you get the real context, because I'm in the business of properly informing you. He said, we can make America once again the leading force for good in the world. I know speaking of unity can sound to some like a foolish fantasy and other forces that divide us are deep and they are real. But I know they are not new. Our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we are all created equal, equal and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, nativism, fear and demonization have long torn us apart. The battle is perennial. Victory is never assured. Have long torn us apart. He's talked he, he talked about ending the uncivil war. That's what he said, whatever this conflict we're in. And then he said that our nation has long been torn apart by racism, nativism, fear and demonization. So, yes, it does kind of seem like he is saying a large portion of the people are those things. You can interpret it however you want, but I'll tell you some other stuff. Joe Biden, he gets in, he signs 17 executive orders on the first day, including controversial actions, notably the, the termination of the Keystone Pipeline. Now I I don't have particularly strong opinions on the Keystone Pipeline. One of the arguments from the Native Americans who protested was that it was being built on ancient burial grounds. To be honest, that may be true, and it I think we should have protected you know uh, historical sites and everything. But I went there, and when I was talking to the Native Americans, they were I was like, so what part of you know this land is ancient burial grounds? Like all of it. And I was like, all of it. And like yeah. And I'm like, that's a lot of land, dude. Are, do you actually have a designated location or are you just saying that so that literally like 10,000 acres or whatever can't be constructed on? It doesn't sound right. It sounds weird. Not that I'm a fan of massive corporations building industrial pipelines or anything like that. I'm just saying, didn't sound like a legitimate argument. It sounded just like, oh, you can't build there. That's a burial ground. Oh, that's a burial ground too. Uh, so is that. It sounded like they just didn't want the pipeline. To be honest... Some people actually were upset that they didn't get proper compensation, but a lot of the people who were there, I would say the over, well, overwhelming majority were environmental activists because the pipeline has leaked a lot. I think we were talking on the show on the IRL podcast the other night. It was like uh, 29 times, so I get it. Take a look at this from the AOPL. They lament lost jobs on Biden's first day, quote, killing 10,000 jobs. And taking 2.2 billion in payroll out of workers' pockets is not what Americans need or want right now. That's right. It also—they uh, don't mention Canada. Apparently, 2,000 jobs in Canada were just removed, and now there's apparently some lawsuits in Canada saying the U.S. is violating a contract. I'm not going to sit here and defend the Keystone Pipeline. Sorry, I know a lot of people are in favor of it because it's good industry. It's a—it's a. It's a it, it, this is surprising, but the pipeline is actually a cleaner way to transport petroleum of which our, our, our economy and our infrastructure is heavily dependent upon. I'd love to see us get away from it. I'd love to see a push towards renewable energies. And, um, you know, we got to figure that, part, that that whole part out. And, and the, the, the good argument I always say for people on the right is energy independence and a higher return on energy investment will make us substantially more competitive with countries like China. And our economy will grow substantially faster with energy independence. We've accomplished this under Trump with fossil fuels. We need to make sure that we're working on renewables, be it nuclear energy or otherwise, because oil exploration is difficult. And what's happening is the harder it becomes to find oil, the lower return on energy investment you get. So so look at it this way. If we have to find oil and for every one dollar we put in, we get five dollars out. Eventually, it becomes harder to find oil. And then we're putting in $3 to get $5 out. You see how that works? It's not the perfect way to explain it, but basically it becomes harder and harder. It's a diminishing return. If now we take the opportunity with energy independence to focus on renewables, we can appease the environmentalists, and we can also find a way to develop energy that we have a static return on energy investment. So basically, if it costs $3 to get $5 out of, say, wind or solar— We guarantee it will always be the case for the time being. I don't know if it actually reaches that point, because I think it's actually like for every ten dollars, we get five dollars out and it doesn't necessarily work. But we need the technological development for the time being. I think Joe Biden's virtue signaling destruction of Keystone Pipeline is meaningless because there's like dozens and dozens of pipelines all over the country. So, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Biden signed his executive orders probably for a media play, but already journalists are upset. Because the press secretary isn't answering questions. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, what did you expect? I liked one journalist was like, is he going to keep the color scheme on the Air Force One plane? Yes. Asking the important questions. Can we at least get some kind of like right wing version of Jim Acosta? Just yell at Joe Biden for four years. I'm kidding, by the way. Look, it's going to be an interesting next uh, several years. We'll see what happens. Uh, Was it Quartz already wrote an article saying what happens if Joe Biden dies? Because Joe Biden is 14 years older than the average life expectancy for a person born in 1942. It's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, look, I'll leave it there. Before I go, though, make sure you become a member over at Timcast.com. We've got a really great segment up where uh, Ian and I are screaming. So uh, Ian, me, Luke and Jack, it's a 20 minute segment it's for members only. Check it out because we're yelling about whether or not Trump is truly corrupt do you think Trump is corrupt? Do you think he's not corrupt? You're going to want to hear this argument because it gets, it gets hot. Luke is like foreign policy and Ian is like nepotism and Jack and I kind of agree. Trump's not perfect. He's got eh, moral character, not so good. But come on, comparing him to Biden, you're going to want to see this one. So go to timcast.com, become a member and stick around. Next segment will be coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. And I will see you all then. dark times ahead. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with the Joe Biden presidency, but we've already lost 10,000 jobs are facing some kind of dispute from Canada after Joe Biden shut down the Keystone pipeline. Now, I'm not sitting here, you know, trying to defend the Keystone pipeline. No, just pointing out there's already concerns that 10,000 people will lose their jobs. Four thousand two hundred people died. Antifa riding in the streets, smashing windows. There's no guarantee that anything is going to return to normal. But if you take a look at journalists today, they're all acting like like Joe Biden is quite literally a saint sent by the good Lord above to save us, tweeting about how they can sleep easy now. The media is completely broken. And so I I want to show you this. This is remarkable. Media trust hits new low for the first time below 50 percent across the board. When asked, most people agree with the statement that journalists are purposefully deceiving them or trying to push some kind of ideology. And it's true. It's true. I saw a tweet from Count Dankula. I saw two tweets. I want to mention them just just very quickly. The first was he asked if there were any unbiased news sources. And I think the answer is no, there isn't. The only thing you can hope for is someone who's being honest and has done research. So. To the best of my abilities. I'll try to be honest and do my research. But even I get things wrong. And of course, I have my bias. So it's just you're never going to find any perfect channel. The other thing Dank tweeted a few days ago, I believe, was that he was wondering if the memes moving forward were going to suck now. I don't think so. I really, really don't. Come on. We got sleepy Joe Biden. Let me show you this all in relation to media trust. Melanie Benjamin, who is who is Melanie Benjamin? She is New York Times best-selling author. OK, not necessarily a journalist, but she writes no more waking at 3 a.m. full of existential dread. Tonight, we sleep like we used to when we were five and we fell asleep in the backseat of the car, knowing that dad was in charge and nothing bad could happen. Good night, America. My only advice to you is if you're in the backseat of a car being driven by Joe Biden, you put on your seatbelt and hold on, maybe falling asleep and trusting the 78 year old man who said turn it on a shot bit of pressure isn't necessarily the right thing to do. Constantine Kyson says this is what a lot of the relief at the election of Joe Biden is about. People with self-induced mental illness who are finally liberated from the symptoms they gave themselves. Genuinely pleased for them, but it's no way to choose a president. I agree, and so when you see our media class acting, I, I, I'm, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to. Br- I love the tweet from the inauguration where one journalist was like, "As Lady Gaga began singing, the clouds broke and sunshine beamed down on the ceremony," and then someone responded, "God shows us His grace and gives us a sign." It's like, dude, calm down. Donald Trump was a president. There were things I liked about him, mostly in the last year of his presidency, and you probably all have heard me say it a million times, but for those who didn't, I wasn't a big fan of Trump early on. I didn't vote for him. I sat back and laughed when he won because, like most politicians, I didn't expect much. He did some things I liked in the last year of his presidency, so I can respect that and I'll stand by it. But on his way out, he didn't pardon anybody I think we need to see a pardon, Assange, Snowden, Ross Ulbricht, Reality Winner, etc. He pardoned a bunch of cronies and crooked individuals and... It is what it is now. Now, Joe Biden. Yeah, Joe Biden's crooked. Uh, Joe Biden's going to do a bunch of dumb stuff. He's going to do a bunch of bad stuff. He's done a bunch of bad stuff. He's probably compromised all of that really bad stuff. I don't care about you. He doesn't. And, 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 you know, politics in this country has been a numbers game for a long time. I think Trump cared about the American people insofar as that he desperately needs the affection and attention of people. That's why he puts his, his name on big letters on buildings and sells his brand. And I think Joe Biden doesn't care about that. He just wants power. So while I think Trump is definitely better than Biden, for obvious reasons, to act like we can all rest easy now that Joe Biden is in is exactly what people don't like about the media, which brings me to the first story. And I've got more. Oh, you're going to love this stuff. The media, Joe. Oh, man, let's just read because you're going to you're going to love it. Axios reports, trust in traditional media has declined to an all time low and many news professionals are determined to do something about it why it matters. Faith in society's central institutions, especially in government and the media, is the glue that holds society together. That glue was visibly dissolving a decade ago and has now for many millions of Americas, Americans disappeared entirely by the numbers. For the first time ever, fewer than half of all Americans have trust in traditional media, according to data from Edelman's annual trust barometer shared exclusively with Axios. Trust in social media is has it an all-time low of 27%. My friends, look, I don't have the biggest channel in the world. Um, this, this, these past couple of months, there have been a lot of people who have been mad at me because I was honest about what was happening with Trump and Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden is president. Many people didn't want to hear it. They wanted to believe whatever they wanted to believe. And so I, I, I've known this day was coming. Now, look, my channels are still—I've it's, it's, I've lost a decent amount of subscriber between my two main channels. The Timcast IRL podcast is still growing fairly well. Because it's a different kind of show. It's conversational. But I said it. Occupy Wall Street, the left loved me. And then once I remained honest, you know, I just kept telling people what was going on. As soon as they were, were, were vying for power, they didn't like that I was calling them out. Once they took the cultural institutions, they didn't like it. So I'll tell you this. Let's talk about trust in media. I need your help. If you want to help support my work and make sure that I can keep doing what I'm doing, go to TimCast.com, become a member. We have exclusive posts. Just last night, Ian and I were screaming at each other about whether or not Trump is truly corrupt or not. I think it's something you're going to want to listen to. And a lot of people have a lot to say about it because the super chats lit up. But the goal of Timcast.com as we start building out the website and expanding is just that I don't want to risk getting censored by these companies. The mainstream media is full of it. They pump out lies and hysterics all day and night. If we can get to a certain threshold of subscribing members, then we don't have to rely on YouTube or any of of these platforms. And I'll tell you the crazy thing out of the million plus subscribers here, the million plus on my other channel, the near million on Twitter, all of these millions of people. We only need like 10,000 members to create a massive empire. And I mean that, you know, somewhat figuratively, but to grow, expand, hire journalists. And we're working on all of this. So if you think the media is full of it, please go to timcast.com become a member. Let's continue on with the story, though. And, you know, forgive me if I'm trying to take this opportunity to to explain I think what we do, what I do with our show, and what we're planning on doing is infinitely more valuable than what these companies have done. And I'll prove it. Axios goes on to say, 56% of Americans agree with the statement that journalists and reporters are purposely trying to mislead people by saying things they know are false or gross exaggerations. I wish, you know, look, I know that if I would have done that, I'd be swimming in it. uh, Just cash. You know what I mean? I don't do that. After the election, tons of people wanted me to say that Trump really won and that and that Trump was going to be president. And I I wouldn't do it. Sorry, I won't do it. I'm not going to lie. There are people whose lives have been destroyed, chasing after conspiracy theories. It's unfortunate. Many of these people now finding themselves in prison on the left, however, they were rewarded with their hysterics. And therein lies the challenge for you and me. We're playing fair. We're playing honestly. Honestly and by the rules, and that means it is substantially harder for us. I know that if I made a YouTube channel where I screamed Russia and pandered to these people, not only would I be defended by the mainstream media, I'd have made way more money and built a massive following. The amount of work I've put into doing everything, I was doing four hours per day of content, more than any other political commentator, as, as far as I know, that's what the, uh, Westwood One told me. And a couple other networks. But being honest means sometimes you say things people don't want to hear. Sometimes you say things you know are true that will make people angry. It's a story I told you so many times when I worked for Fusion, the ABC Univision joint venture, where they said, you know, side with the audience. If there is something that is true and it would make them upset, we don't report it. I was told to do that. I said, no, if there is something that is true that I believe to be true, Joe Biden won is going to be president. I'm going to tell you that. And then a bunch of people got mad at me, started saying that I was a bald cuck and unsubbing from my channel. Well, too bad. I'm not going to bend to some whim. Oh, I'm not going to side with the audience. I'm not going to side with you. I'm going to tell you what's actually going on. And if you don't want to hear it, well, then there's nothing I can do about it. I got things wrong. I'm not perfect. And sometimes my research is bad, just like any other human being. But I will try my best to make sure I'm, I'm giving a fair and honest assessment to the best of my abilities. Regular mainstream media, big news outlets. Now they lie on purpose. Because they want you to click their their content. They want the ratings. I'm not beholden to that. And that's why we're pushing Timcast.com so hard. If we get paying members, and and I'll tell you, it's tough. Because I get messages from people saying like, I'm offended by that segment you put out, so I'm canceling my membership. Bye. What do you want me to do? Oh no, let me lie or let me change my opinions to maintain it. No, sorry, not going to play that game either. If there are people who truly believe in what I'm doing, and they back us, then we don't have to worry about the ratings. We don't have to worry about the censorship. They do, and that's why they're corrupt. 58% think that most news organizations are more concerned with supporting an ideology or political position than with informing the public. You see, people call me a milquetoast fence at her all day and night. Why? Because I don't really have that many uh, political opinions. I really don't. I have opinions on freedom and liberty, when Edelman re Americans after the election, the figures had deteriorated even further, with 57% of Democrats trusting the media and only 18% of Republicans. Take a look at this. Trust in media just fell off from 2019 to 2020 and from 2020 to now. They say these numbers are echoed across the rest of the world. They're mostly not a function of Donald Trump's war on fake news. Heidi Larson puts it. We don't have a misinformation problem. We have a trust problem. News organizations have historically relied mainly on advertising income. And as those dollars flow increasingly to Google and Facebook, that has created institutional weakness that shows up in trust data. Many YouTube channels lied to your faces, be it left or right. Many of them support the warmongering Joe Biden for the sake of being a tribal leftist. My favorite is one particular socialist who cheers on Antifa, smashing up small businesses and then cheers on the National Guard, 25,000 troops occupying the streets of D.C. That's not libertarian. That's just pandering grifterism. Yeah, that person's real. When Antifa was smashing up small businesses, I said, stop attacking innocent people. And I supported the police who tried to stop them. When the police started shutting down small businesses, I said, stop attacking innocent people. And then all of a sudden the left is like, oh, no, they hate the cops. Yeah, because the cops were targeting regular working class Americans when D.C. got locked down with twenty five thousand armed guards and you needed your papers to come in to prove you had a legitimate reason to be there. I said, we do not want a security state. That's called libertarian. That's called believing in liberty and freedom. And you see these YouTubers who are like, I'm going to support the destruction of the small business and the security state. Oh, OK, you'd fit you'd fit in really well in Capital City in the Hunger Games. And these people pretend to be on the left. It's disgusting. They're going to say reversing the decline is a monster task and one that some journalists and news organizations have taken upon themselves. They're going to need help, perhaps from America's CEOs. Oh, really? Mistrust of media is now a central part of many America's Americans personal identity, an article of faith that they weren't argued into and can't be argued out of. Former Financial Times editor Lionel Barber talks of factual reporting as a means of regaining the trust of the of the reading public. Axios has stated has a stated mission to help restore trust in fact based news. Washington Post media columnist Margaret Sullivan writes, our goal should go beyond merely putting truthful information in front of the public. We should also do our best to make sure it's widely accepted. Are you nuts? We should make sure it's accepted. Yeah, they're talking about destroying channels like this. It's not about being honest. It's about trust. How do you earn trust? You trick people. You know what a con artist is? Do you know what con stands for? Confidence. A confidence artist. It's a confidence trick. To con someone means to gain their confidence to manipulate and cause them some kind of harm. To steal from them. That's what con artists do. The media is one of the biggest networks of con artist grifters. They didn't used to be this way. And there are still some good journalists out there, but they have all lost their minds, desperate to squeeze out what little bit of cash they can. Not for me. And that puts me in a, in a difficult position. And, and, and it's a bummer, man. Sitting at the, at the gaming table, playing a game of cards, knowing that you're going to play by the rules while they cheat. And you will be penalized for it. It's hard. A lot of people just want to cheat. I'm not playing these games. They say media outlets can continue to report reliable facts, but that won't turn the trend around on its own. What's needed is for trusted institutions to visibly embrace the news media. CEOs, aka the fourth branch of government, are at or near the top of Edelman's list of trusted institutions. Welcome to the deranged authoritarian fascist state. When they say that CEOs are the fourth branch of government, no joke, it's literally right here. They are telling you that the corporate corporations and the state are merging. That's fascism, all for, all for the betterment of the nation and its empire around the world, and the left are the ones claiming to support it. And if you disagree, you're a white supremacist. By the numbers, 61 percent of Trump voters say they trust their employer CEO. That compares to just 28% who trust government leaders and a mere 21% who trust journalists. The bottom line, CEOs have long put themselves forward as the people able to upgrade America's physical infrastructure. Now it's the time for them to use the trust they've built up to help rebuild our civic infrastructure. My friends, there's a reason why people don't trust the media. Now, I've shown you what Constantine said, and it's kind of funny, you know, people with self-induced mental illness finally liberated from the symptoms they gave themselves. Take a look at this. I love this one. Breaking 911 says, reporter, will Biden keep Donald Trump's Air Force One color scheme? Saki, this is such a good question. Thank you. You're also smart. Here, for your good question, here's a lollipop. What are we in kindergarten? I don't give a damn about the color scheme on Air Force One. I want to know about what's happening in this country and what they're going to do. To stop the 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 uncivil war, as Joe Biden called it. Oh, changing the color scheme. Sure. Thanks for that one. My friends, I introduce you now to when they screw you over and they laugh in your face. The trust in media is too high, if you were to ask me. It should be zero. Well, I guess I, as a member of the media, so one percent. How about that? Donald Trump Jr. tweets. Imagine how much easier it is to run as a Democrat. When you have a multi-billion dollar mainstream media complex willing to lie and run cover for you at all times, our media is broken. Donald Trump Jr., you are correct. In the first image, the Washington Post. Fact check. Trump campaign promotes false claim that Biden would end fracking. (laughs) Those silly Trump Trumpers lying. Joe Biden's not going to end fracking, but he does need to win Pennsylvania. So uh, January 20th, 2021. Biden administration. Yes, we are following through with a fracking ban. Okay. Well, there you go. And then we can see Molly Knight, who is a senior staff writer for the Atlantic, or I'm, I'm sorry, the Athletic, saying you had Fox News and still lost LOLOLOL. LOL, LOL. My response was, I agree that it was good media lied to working-class people in Pennsylvania in order to help Joe Biden win. And in before, what about, 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 about Fox News is trash as well. At least Fox News has Tucker Carlson, I guess. Take a look at this. Fox News is purging everybody. The Daily Beast says Fox News launches Purge to get rid of the real journalists, insiders say. Well, I don't really believe the Daily Beast. They are firing a lot of people. And it has a lot to do with them burning up their audience when they reported Arizona won on election night. And then their ratings got cut in half, and everyone ran to OAN and Newsmax, and you know there's nothing you can do about it, my friends. There's a sad reality. On the left, they're not they're 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 cheating. They're they're cheating. No no joke. The screaming Russia Russia over and over again, and Vladimir Putin is just psychotic nonsense. But Hillary Clinton and Pelosi Pelosi recently came out and said we need a 9 11 style commission to investigate. You know what was happening and what was Putin's involvement in the Capitol riots. And I wonder if Donald Trump was on the phone getting orders from Putin when that happened. They're still saying it at the highest levels. They're pushing it in media. They're making money off it. And it's leading people to lose their minds, but they don't care. Jack Dorsey doesn't care. Mark Zuckerberg doesn't care. They don't. They'll ban you in two seconds. And now there's real ramifications for the lies. Jack Murphy, had him on the show the other day. You probably know him. He says, I just heard about a guy who had fallen for the Q stuff bet his entire life savings on Trump on Trump winning, went into the Capitol on January 6th, who has a wife and kids, is now arrested by the FBI, going to prison, and destitute. Now you see why I was so anti-Q the whole time. This is not speculation. I actually had met this guy. I was watching him over the last year, but not engaging. I was hoping it was an all-in act, something stupid he was doing for clout. I was wrong. Now he's going to prison, broke, and with a young child and wife at home. The guy had been talking about betting his life savings on Trump and just going off on rants about the conspiracies. And I kept thinking, I need to reach out to him and see if I can help. It's not my responsibility, but I felt a call. Watching people self-destruct is not fun. That's what it felt like watching some, a lot of people get swept up in queue. I knew it was effed. I felt like I had to do something. Anything watching people get sucked down the drain and drag us with them was bad. I trashed Q on my timeline. Why? Mostly because I wanted to help people who were followers maybe shake some free from their grasp or at least prevent others from falling for it. People ruined their lives. January 6th, effed us all. And we watched it unfold in real time. And then he shows, here's the guy. so Self-described dating relationship strategist with 25,000 followers was, was arrested by the FBI. And they show his Twitter account where he's uh, posting these photos. The fake news problem isn't just... Uh, in you know, in, in the mainstream media. The Q stuff is, is unhinged. I mean, look, I get if people find morsels of truth, but connecting the dots where dots should not be connected is a problem. And then they really believed because they were grifters telling them, believe it, believe it. Give us your money. Give us your time. Give us your energy. And some of these people are not going to go to prison. But here's the thing, my friends. This was never part of the mainstream. And personalities like Jack Murphy were calling it out and saying it was nuts. You had people like Mike Cernovich and Jack Posobiec calling it out and saying it nuts. I'll be honest, I didn't actually know a whole lot about it until the past several months uh, or the past year or so when media started ramping up their coverage of it. There had been people in super chats on Tim Katsyrell podcast who brought it up. And I'm like, honestly, I didn't know a whole lot about it. And I, I, I really didn't because it wasn't in the mainstream media. It wasn't covered. It was a fringe conspiracy, but it was swallowing up more and more people. The point is, they got rid of all that. And people need better better critical thinking skills. But what about the mainstream media and their lies? They get away with their lies. They push their lies. And we see their lies. So when someone like Jack Murphy says the Q stuff destroyed lives, I sit back and I go, yeah. And then when they say the Russiagate stuff is insane and unhinged, I go, yeah, but they're getting rich off it. And no one will stop them. And that's the reality. But regular people can see through the lies. They can see the unhinged meltdowns when the Mueller probe fails. But the media persists unabated. With no, uh, n- no, no justice, no karma, no retribution, no, no reconciliation. They just keep doing it over and over again. And, that's, uh, and that's, the, that's the challenge we face. The media is garbage in this country. I think the memes will write themselves, though. Um, and with this, there's going to be an open door for a new media venture. I've been trying to do something for some time. As many of you know, we had uh, Subverse and Scanner, and there are some internal issues we're dealing with, but we are really planning on wrapping things up. And I'll just stress, COVID is really the, you know, what knocked everything back, trying to get set up. We only recently got to this new place a few months ago, and we're still trying to organize in such a way that we can operate. So we're building out a space where we can have writers. And that's why you should do this right now. Become a member over at timcast.com. And when you do, you will see this amazing post where Ian, me, Luke Redkowski, and Jack Murphy are all yelling at each other about whether or not Trump was really corrupt. And it's a it's a good it's like 20 minute conversation. And I think you'll get a kick out of it. It's uh, it's far from sycophantic. It's no one supports Biden, but there are varying degrees to which we criticize Donald Trump. So it's interesting. So I, I defended him quite a bit. Not that he's perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I just can't stand the unhinged. Trump is bad no matter what. So so check this out. Go to TimCast.com, become a member. And uh, for those that are having issues, you can email members at TimCast.com if you, if you run into trouble because the site is brand new. It's been up for a week and we're still planning out. We're going to have live streams. We're going to have events. And we're ultimately going to be launching another website and doing straight reporting, which has been the plan for some time. And like I said, COVID really you know jammed up the process, but uh, but we are working on it. And for now, help me avoid dependency on on YouTube and social media. We swear a whole lot in this video, mind you. And we say say things we're not allowed to say on YouTube. It's for members only. And that's the gift of running a legitimate business on your own platform. So that's what I want to get to. I want to build up enough people. Think about this. Millions of people watching and following my content every day. I've reduced the amount of content I've done pretty dramatically. No more weekend content and, you know, only a couple segments per day now with the podcast. And I'm still getting, you know, 45 or so million views per month, which is really massive. I don't need 45 million people to sign up. I mean, that'd be great. Now, 45 million people giving 10 bucks a month. That would be incredible. I think I would instantly be a billionaire. Could you imagine? I'm not interested in being a billionaire. I'm interested in being able to hire more people, do more shows, expand the content, and start and, and challenge the broken media system. If you want to be involved in that, you want to help, subscribe, because we only need 10,000 people, 10,000 out of the millions of people who already follow this content and watch every day to be members. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, look, it, the content's free regardless. Um, business is, is functioning well as it is. I just want to make sure that if YouTube comes with the banhammer, we don't get knocked down. And I want to make sure we can build something for you on my on my own website and expand from there. Timcast.com will not be the end-all, be-all of this. And my plan for now is, if you're a member of Timcast.com, the next sites that we launch will all be a part of this network, and one membership should be good for all. So we'll see if we can get to that point. For now, it's expensive, and the internet we need to operate. This is expensive. I mean, look, we're we, these videos that we have up members only we are hosting and they're not on YouTube and that's expensive stuff. So with your help and, if, you know, forgive me for, for going that hard, but uh, you know, the media is broken. And I think I made my point, showed you exactly why. While Fox News is firing people and their ratings are dropping, my ratings are improving on a video per video basis. And with your help, it won't matter. We can build a network of content where it doesn't matter if we have a million views as long as we have the members. We can grow and we can, and then, and then I'll tell you this after that, it's word of mouth. It's people sharing and, and, and saying, follow this content, you know, and all this stuff. So that, thank you so much anyway. I'll wrap it up there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. And uh, uh, I will see you then. If you don't like Twitter, Build your own platform. It's a private company and they can do what they want. So saith the establishment liberals. And when Gab did that, they went after Gab, accused them of being the worst things in the world, and then Gab lost access to its infrastructure. Gab started building their own. Eventually, a new social media competitor emerged, Parlor. And as soon as that started becoming popular, They went after Parler as well. Google and Apple removed it from their app stores, and then Amazon Web Services purged their hosting, meaning Parler is gone. Now, Parler is defeated. They have a splash page with some comments from some prominent individuals, but they have been crushed. They may make it back, but the CEO was forced to flee his home following death threats, and they're not just going to stop there. They won't just destroy your company. They will come after you with death threats, like I mentioned, but they will also call for criminal action, accusing you of treason, of working with foreign governments. And that's the big news. House leader, a Democrat, calls for FBI investigation into Parler as they're now falsely accusing Parler of having helped organize the Capitol riots. The new war on terror is here. The target? You. The media is not going to give up their lucrative orange man bad narrative. They're now going to focus on the orange men bad narrative. You. You want to use parlor? You want to talk to your friends? You want to express your opinions? They will ban you and remove you. And if you resist, they will come after you with the might of the U.S. intelligence agencies. It's incredible. You'd think it'd be an egregious violation of the First Amendment. But they'll argue, we're not saying you can't speak. We're accusing you of colluding with the Russian government to overthrow the United States. We're claiming that you were funded so that you could help organize the insurrection. The reality it was actually Facebook where this happened. It was actually Twitter where the leftist insurrection happens, where they plan and they advocate for violence. None of those sites have been, well, neither of Twitter, neither Twitter nor Facebook have been removed. The Play Store and the App Store allow them. And Amazon hosts these companies. I believe they host Twitter. They're allowed to do it. You are not. And this is why I stress, you know, going to D.C. was a huge mistake. It's why I say persuasion strategy. You you, got to be playing 4D chess or at least playing chess if they're playing checkers. Instead, you get the violence that is used to justify a new war on terror style crackdown on anyone who dare oppose the system with this story last night. There, were ma- there was mass rioting across the country, not just in Portland and Seattle, but apparently in Denver as well, and many other places where the left went around destroying things. Did the media say it was a violent riot when they smashed up the Democrat headquarters in Portland? No. Protest, they said. The machine is broken and we can see it. But this is the scariest escalation I've ever seen. Now we're hearing that even after Parlor has been shut down and they found some kind of way to get a splash page up, their Russian provider is actually saying, well, we might not be able to host them any longer either. They will crush you and chase you to the ends of the earth and beat you into the ground fig- figuratively. I mean, honestly, not even figuratively. We saw what happened in Portland at that guy who got killed by the Antifa dude, they, they, they have a plan. It's not a direct and global, you know, conspiracy or anything like that. But they know in their in their simplified plan, it is to never stop. So how do you fight back against this persuasion, tact strategy and don't advocate for violence? It, it, it hurts your cause and gives them the ammunition they need to chase you down and get popular support to do it. Let's read this story. I'll tell you exactly what's going on. But before we get started, this is more important than ever. Go to TimCast.com and please become a member. They're really coming after everybody. They've been purging, I believe now, around, what, 100,000 or so people off of Twitter. Many people are leaving Twitter on top of that. I can't blame them. Twitter's kind of garbage at this point. But the purge is real. My Facebook page has been restricted, so we are focusing on a proprietary website. Now, I think for the most part, we will be safe running our own website, having exclusive posts, but it's it's possible that this YouTube gets restricted. They're already trying. They're already lying. Some prominent left-wing groups have put up fake news already, which is verifiably false, trying to make it seem like my podcast and my show breaks the rules. It does not, but it's only a matter of time. Become a member at TimCast.com. We have an exclusive members-only post up right now where me and the crew are yelling about... Whether or not Trump is truly corrupt or if the previous previous president or whatever are worse. So check it out, TimCast.com. Please, seriously, if we can get enough members, then we will be essentially invincible, kind of. We'll be able to support this business, whether or not we're suspended or banned. But don't don't forget to like, subscribe, share, hit the notification bell. Let's read the first story from The Verge. House leader calls for FBI investigation into Parler. The Oversight Committee plans to open its own probe. So that's on top of the FBI. On Thursday, the House Oversight Committee called for an FBI investigation into Parler's involvement in the deadly attack on the Capitol this month. In a letter sent to FBI Director Christopher Wray, House Oversight Chair Carolyn Maloney, a Democrat, called for the Bureau to conduct a robust examination of the role that the social media site Parler played in the January 6th pro-Trump assault on the Capitol. Maloney said that the committee intends to open its own investigation and requested a meeting with FBI officials regarding the status and scope of any future investigation into the social media platform. In the interview, in an interview with the Washington Post, Maloney said, I am going to get to the bottom of who owns and funds social media platforms like Parler that condone and create violence. In November, the Wall Street Journal reported that Parler receives financial support from the conservative hedge fund investor Robert Mercer. And his daughter, Rebecca, the Mercers are known for financially backing conservative causes and organizations like the now defunct Cambridge Analytica. In the letter, Maloney cites several instances in which Parler users were arrested and charged for threatening violence against elected officials and discussed organizing groups of protest on the platform. In the days following the deadly capital attack, Parler has been booted from both Apple and Google's app stores and forced offline after several web hosts refused to service the site. As of press time, Parler is still offline. Last week, the FBI announced it had received over 100,000 pieces of digital evidence following the Capitol riot. It's not clear how much of this evidence is unique, but FBI officials have opened more than 150 cases into individual rioters. Is it true that there were people who stormed the Capitol who used parlor? Oh, of course. Did they post photos and videos? You bet. Many of them bragged about being there. They're going to be arrested. Much of this information has been archived, and Parler is trying to remain online, which would have made sure people would have seen these posts. But they were taken down following an outrage campaign that falsely maligned Parler. Twitter has uh, adult content, to put it mildly. Twitter has far leftists actively organizing and advocating for criminal activities and violence. No one cares. I mean, conservatives care, and they call it the double standard. But I think it's kind of funny when conservatives say, hey, hey, what about the double standard? Dude, have you realized what's going on yet? I think it was Jesse Kelly who tweeted the left won the culture war because they're the only ones fighting it. Man, I tell you, the Republicans in Congress are really dumb, really, really dumb. Not all of them. okay, but uh, most of them too stupid to do anything about what's happening. It's like you've got this aggressive and angry left chasing people to the ends of the earth to destroy any opportunity for communications around freedom, liberty, you know, uh, America, for instance. Republicans are sitting in their chairs, twiddling their thumbs, going, slow down there, mister. And then nothing happens. They don't do anything. They don't stop anything. They don't fight for anything. They don't advocate for anything. The Democrats are on the offense and the Republicans are sitting back with their with their feet up saying, oh, whatever. And Mitch McConnell's cheering for it. A lot of people are pointing out now that with Joe Biden in office signing his executive orders, boy, did the Republican Party whip into shape to help enact the Democratic executive agenda. During the Trump administration, it was hemming and hawing and like, oh, you know, but we can't really do it. They won't advocate for you. They won't fight for you. And what happens when 74 million people get angry? They'll accuse you of being far right and all that stuff. Now, Parler is trying to survive. It was reported just the other day that Parler found a reprieve in Russia, but not a solution. The far right platform still hasn't found a U.S.-based home. Where it lands could have serious consequences for its users' privacy. You see, they're trying desperately to smear Parler. They've been doing it the whole time. There was this big campaign against Parler early on, and I think there were some things that I didn't really like about Parler, so I've never really—you I've always, you know, I've had it as a backup. I guess, but I was never verified or anything like that because I'm not sending anybody my IDs or you know whatever they wanted me to do. It's not going to happen. If you know who I am and you know I'm posting and I literally say in the video to follow me there, they could have just verified me if they wanted to. Twitter did. Well, Twitter verified me because Vice called Twitter and said, can you verify, Tim? And they did. Congratulations. That's how the system works. Well, Parler is trying to stay afloat. So they found a company based out of Russia, It's called DDoS Guard. They say it's a Russian digital infrastructure company to defend it against the endless barrage of attacks that virtually all sites face online. DDoS Guard told Wired is only providing defense against denial of service attacks, not hosting Parler's site. But even that level of support requires access to all of the traffic that flows through Parler so it can scrub out malicious traffic aimed at overwhelming the site. Given the Russian government's active efforts to isolate the country's internet and gain access to all data... Parler could expose its users to Russian surveillance if the site someday does relaunch in full with DDoS guard quote. Now seems like the right time to remind you all both lovers and haters why we started this platform. Parler's homepage currently proclaims. We believe privacy is paramount and free speech is essential. We will resolve any challenge before us and plan to welcome all of you back soon. Parler's chief operating officer Jeffrey Wernick told the New York Times on Tuesday that the social network would prefer U.S.-based providers and is working to find them. The platform registered its domains through Seattle-based Epic, but while Parler has been shunned by the U.S. tech industry's biggest names, it purports to have more than 12 million users, making making the platform too big for most small hosts. So its domestic options are sparse. By embracing DDoS Guard, even as a stopgap. Parler joins a growing list of far right sites like 8chan or 8kun and the Daily Stormer that U.S. infrastructure com- U.S. infrastructure companies have knocked offline, only to see companies in countries with limited Internet freedom like DDoS Guard enable their reemergence. Now, I find that to be kind of ironic. Yeah, Russia and uh, China, not known for their freedom of speech. But you know what? They like it if it's going to help destabilize the U.S. And it's not so much about allowing these people to speak as destabilizing. It's the conflict. It's saying, oh, okay, you guys are angry. Let's make sure people hear what you have to say. Right now at parlor.com, this is what they have a splash page of sorts. Technical difficulties. There are some statements from some individuals about what they're trying to do. The uh, CEO, John Matt, says they're confident they will return by month's end after weekend of positive developments. And that's why this new news is so alarming. That the the Democrats, or I should say a Democrat, is advocating for a, a, a the FB, an FBI investigation, but stating that they will have their own investigation. That's the plural in Democrats, that they're going to have the House Oversight Committee investigate Parler. And they'll accuse them of Russian, you know, collusion or whatever they have to and say it's foreign interests and they're taking, you know, uh, service from them and it's subverting the U.S. And they'll carry out this new domestic war on terror style event coming from the democrats. Well, here's the bad news from Krebs on Security. DDoS Guard to forfeit internet space occupied by Parlor. They say the pending disruption for DDoS Guard and Parlor comes compliments of Ron Gilmet, a researcher who has made it something of a personal mission to deplatform conspiracy theorists and far-right groups. In October, a phone call from Gilmet to an internet provider in Oregon was all it took to briefly sideline a vast network of sites tied to 8chan, a controversial online image board linked to several, well, we'll leave it there, and QAnon. Much like internet infrastructure from Cloudflare, DDoS Guard doesn't host the content, but it protects it. In studying more than 11,000 internet addresses assigned to those two companies, Gilmet found that approximately 66% of them were doled out to the Belize entity by LACNIC, the Regional Internet Registry for Latin America and Caribbean Regions. Suspecting the DDOS Guard Incorporated in Belize on paper just to get huge swaths of IP addresses that are supposed to give be given only to entities with a physical presence in the region, Gilmet filed a complaint with the Internet Registry about his about his suspicions back in November. Gilmet said Lacknick told him it would investigate and that any adjudication on the on the matter could take up to 3 months. But earlier this week Lacknick published a notice on its website that it intends to revoke 8192 IPv4 addresses from DDOS Guard Including the address assigned to Parlor.com. There it is. They will hunt you down. They will destroy everything. They will not let you go. Your ideas are not allowed to exist. Censorship is real. This is 21st century book burning. We are not in the same era. Bookstores are gone. Okay. Libraries are switching over to other things. They're becoming libraries. Some instances, some instances are becoming hackerspaces. And that means. They have to burn the books somehow. Recently, Antifa showed up to a bookstore in Portland and demanded they not sell Andy Ngo's book. Gee, parallels in history, anybody? People need to be able to speak and express themselves for two reasons. So they get the anger out when they see issues that that they need to to vent. They They need to be able to say these things. Otherwise, they snap. And they need people to talk back, to bring them back from the edge. But it's almost like The authoritarians never understand this, never. More importantly, true authoritarianism, the true power in authoritarianism to succeed, is in convincing the populace they do have freedom, but curtailing it, keeping it held back. And that is the real opportunity that these people don't seem to understand. They want people to explode in rage, I can only assume. I've mentioned this before. You give people a platform like YouTube, but give them strict guidelines and you can guide the discussion and the narratives. There may be some things they want to say they can't say, and that's how you control the conversation. When you ban someone, there is no opportunity at de-radicalization. It was not too long ago, almost two years ago now, I think, Sargon of Akkad, a.k.a. Carl Benjamin, who now hosts the Lotus Eaters podcast, had his his platform, uh, I'm sorry, had his uh, Patreon banned, his income gone. Over a post from a year earlier that was buried on some small video that nobody had really seen. And it was interesting because all they had to do in order to stop behavior they didn't like was was tell Carl, if you say things like this, we we will not be hosting your content. Instead, they just nuked it. Well, that created no situation in which Carl had to change any of his behaviors because he had already lost access. So he can just keep doing what he wants to do, I suppose. But they will chase you down. They will not give you a second chance. And in the reality, in reality, it was actually Facebook. Sheryl Sandberg slammed for saying capital right was not largely planned on Facebook. A misinformation watchdog identified at least 70 stop the steal groups that were active on the platform before Facebook took any action Monday. Where's the threat? Where's Amazon? Where's Google? Where's Apple saying, hey, we're not going to host your app unless you do something about this and pledge to do something about it. Sheryl Sandberg denied it. We know that's where it was taking place, not in parlor, And she denies it, but she's protected. You see how this works? Facebook will take no responsibility for their involvement. And that's the name of the game. Facebook gives FBI private messages of users discussing Capitol Hill riot. They'll spy on you. They'll share your private information. They'll violate your Fourth Amendment rights, and they'll say you have none. This is the problem with these big tech platforms. You don't have a reasonable assumption of uh, expectation of privacy. They'll argue. And that means no matter what you say, Facebook can turn it over. They know what you're saying. They go inside your messages. They censor private, private speech. On Twitter and Facebook, they blocked private messages from being sent between people. They want to control ideas. It never works. Because eventually people snap. Eventually you lose their trust. Right now, as, as I previously reported, uh, if you've seen my earlier segment, Trust in media is at an all time low. Combine that with censorship and people are going to lose it. We know we don't trust the media. They're lying to us and we can't express ourselves in any other way. Welcome to the underground network. You cannot stop ideas. Decentralized networks will start emerging. And that's what Parler needs to do. My recommendation to Parler is uh, Federate. There's something called the uh, the federation or the fediverse and that's where it's a ser- it's, it's almost a protocol. It's, I believe it is a protocol that functions like you set up your server and then you can post. People can follow you through any fediverse app. Gab did this and then you can't stop it because anybody can host any content they want and you have to you have to target individual servers with banning. There's no there's no website to go after, there's no servers to target. Except for the individuals. If an individual uses a server on a decentralized network and posts something illegal, well, the cops are going to have to go and stop him and his server. There's no company that will do it. Now, there's some problems. I think some rules on the internet are okay. But this is probably the best way to go about things. You're never going to get the government to agree to it. And the big tech companies, like I said, will do everything in their power to crush you. And the far left will chase you down and even physically attack and threaten you if you oppose them. It's funny. It's funny. Decentralization pushed uh, um, on this platform called Mastodon. Many far leftists have now given the tools for sites like Gab to operate. I, I strongly recommend this. So I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of this Fediverse and the federated networks. And I think it's something that needs to expand. I believe still Gab is operating on this, on this network. They have their own server. And that means that if you're on Gab, you can follow someone on a different social media website. Isn't that amazing? Now, the owners of servers can do whatever they want. Gab could block you or ban you. It's an issue of, do you trust them? But you could create your own site and create your own account and someone on the network, they can just follow that. It's almost like reverse email. Instead of me sending a message to you, I have a list of followers and then I post a message and it goes to everybody. It's like a mailing list. That's all it really is. That's basically what Twitter is. I think it's the direction we need to go for the time being. You can see that the establishment, the elites, the tech companies, they're all lining up behind Biden. Tech companies hail Biden's day one immigration action. Bravo, say the tech companies, as they helped Biden get elected and banned his opposition and censored stories that were bad for Joe Biden. The media lied about the banning of fracking. The system is rigged and they're all lining up, the corporations and the state coming together. And boy, does that sound like fascism. Twenty five thousand troops occupying D.C., Yay, we've saved the city, cry the leftists, as a military occupation takes over our nation's capital and corporations in the state are merging for a lucrative workaround to civil rights. Bravo. Here we go, baby. Yahoo writes, uh, well, from the Daily Beast, actually. Can U.S. spy agencies stop white terror? They say what we had here was a failure to communicate. On January 6th, again, we get it, Democrats in Congress are teeing up another round of investigations and commissions to get to the bottom of the January 6th insurrection, which will almost certainly revisit the thorny question of whether the U.S. needs an independent counter subversion agency to infiltrate and neutralize armed domestic extremists who are now threatening more attacks on or around the inauguration. Well, as you know, the inauguration was fine. There were no protests. It's really fascinating. I wonder how much of this was manufactured because the forums I saw from all the Trump supporters and even the crazy conspiracy kooks was do not go to D.C. There is no protest. It's a trick. But the media is saying there was It didn't happen. That's strange. What was the left doing? Yeah. Antifa went out the other day and protested and rioted. And they say protesters, protesters, not insurrectionists. Not rioters, protesters vandalized buildings in Portland and Seattle, apparently in Denver as well. Here you go. Anti-government and anti-fascist protesters in Portland and Seattle vandalized Democratic Party office and other buildings and scuffled with police on Wednesday protesting against President Joe Biden's inauguration. People dressed in black with their faces covered, broke windows and the glass door at the Democratic Party of Oregon's business office in Portland, spray painting an anarchist symbol over the party sign. Video posted on social media showed. We don't want Biden. We want revenge for police murders, and peerless wars and fascist massacres. Bravo. They're not insurrectionists. They're not being tracked. No one's talking about setting up spy agencies to go after far left extremists. Even now in Biden's America, they are defended, downplayed and praised. We saw one serious event from Trump supporters, the Capitol, uh, the storming of the Capitol, the riots one time. It was bad. I mean, they broke into the Capitol. Now, for many of these people, the doors were opened, but there was still the initial melee. People are hitting cops. One you know, cop ended up dying is bad. And I think it was horrible. And I think that event was worse than any singular act of rioting on the part of the left. But how about the raising of the entire city of Minneapolis? Buildings destroyed and wiped out. Now, that is substantially worse. And they did it over and over and over again. For over 100 days, they laid siege to the federal building in Portland, Oregon, attacking the seats of the federal government, and the state defended and protected them. Many people said that voting for Joe Biden will help bring about the end of Antifa because they're only using Antifa. And once they're once they're in office, they'll get rid of them. I don't think so. I don't. The media needs to maintain the narrative. Orange man bad. And now, like I said, orange men bad. Trumpism. They're going to come after all of you on the right. They're going to come after Parler and Gab and any one of these platforms. And the only way they can go after them is because, you know, they can't curtail free speech. They'll just accuse you of uh, sedition or treason or colluding with a foreign government, something like that. Money laundering. They'll make it up. The Constitution protects our right to speech and assemble uh, the the press, uh, religion, regis of grievances. But it doesn't matter if the government just lies. They say. We're not barring anyone from worshiping. We're barring everyone from gathering because it's, you know, COVID. Because COVID's bad, you know? And so they say, we didn't make a law about speech. We made a law about COVID. That's the game they play. It doesn't matter, though, because the the, the First Amendment is clear that the law can't infringe upon your rights, but they'll just keep doing it. And they do. I know a lot of people don't like uh, the doom and gloom, but look at, look at, you know, look, look, there's no reason to expect de-escalation. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm just letting you know this is literally happening. And so the solution will be what Gab is doing. Decentralization. This is what we need to do. And I hope people start taking this seriously. Setting up their own servers to host federated platforms. Make another platform. If you, if you are concerned about this, seriously, it's not that difficult. Maybe y'all you, you get together and help support a platform like Gab or make a new one. Get on the Fediverse so that you can have a variety of different servers host- hosting different people, and there's, there's no one point of failure. Twitter does not want to be messed with. They like the control they have. They like controlling the conversation. That just means y'all need to stop complaining and start building. Now I know y'all are looking at me saying, Tim, what do you think you do all day? Oh, I get it. That's why we're working on the vlog. That's why we're building TimCast.com. We're going to have tons of content. We're going to go shooting. Once I get, so, so for those that aren't familiar, I, I've been telling the story about I accidentally bought Soviet bullets. So I'm out in the middle of nowhere. You know, we got, we got uh, target shooting. We got a local range. And I bought Soviet bullets. it don't work. And I, I, I had to get a special gun. So we'll make videos about it. Nothing to do with politics. Just talking about it. Spreading ideas, inspiring people, having fun and laughing. That's what you need to do. Now, I can sit here and tell you about these things. And that's why I'm focused on getting this vlog set up as well as the counterpoint A lot of people say, Tim, your content is negative. You're right. You are. You are correct. So we're going to try and do a balanced approach here. We're going to set up the vlog. We're going to go to the range. We're going to have fun. We're going to skateboard and play music. And that's the creation. That's the positive. That's the helping ideas spread. All of this is bad. But the reason the left succeeds is because they control cultural institutions when these corporations are looking at what empowers them and gives them the ability to go sit in a penthouse with an infinity pool, they're not looking at conservatives. Sure, there's a large market share there. The famous, uh, acronym, or I should say, apocryphal quote from Michael Jordan, conservatives buy shoes too. I don't know if he really said it. They say he didn't. Maybe he did. It's true, but conservatives aren't a, aren't a bigger market share and corporations are scared of the cultural institutions which dictate policies. So they bend the knee to the left. Plus, they're based in these big cities. We need to encourage people to go out in the middle of nowhere. We need to encourage people to have fun in the woods, to help protect the environment, to live sustainably, to learn how to chop down some wood and make some firewood, to build a steam engine, to skateboard, to to learn how to use firearms. We need to teach people how to be responsible for themselves. This is a win-win for everybody. It's good for the environment. It's good for the animal ecosystem. It's good for the people who become well-rounded. That's what we need to encourage. And then when the economy is built around this individuality, individuality and responsibility, it will shatter the authoritarianism. It will shatter what we are seeing with these, these, these tech companies. Imagine if Parler was not run by one hosting service like Amazon centralized. Imagine if it was just a decentralized torrent style site where everybody was sharing a variety of their data and in, in sort of mesh network social network. Like a, 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 a fat like, like the Fetterverse, perhaps. No one could take it down. And that's how you win. By by doing. That's my advice to everybody. And that's what we're gonna be doing. So don't get don't don't get doom and gloom on all this stuff, man. That's probably the, I, I probably gotta make sure I bring that up in all of my videos. Yeah, there's bad stuff happening. Soon we're gonna have the vlog up. We've already got Timcast.com up. We've already got some fun segments. Check it out. Please become a member. And we're gonna be building more websites, more content. We'll probably make a site dedicated to a variety of things like skateboarding and music and culture, maybe even just a something new, something new, right? Many liberals are moving to the country, getting away from these cities for a variety of reason. Perhaps we need some kind of edgy skateboarding, punk rock style, outdoorsman style content because I love watching channels like Hickok 45 and Demolition Ranch. Fun stuff. I want to see science. I want to see positivity. I want to see people having fun. It's tough. They'll still ban you. They still make rules. Make your own platforms. Gab is doing it. This is the first step. Look at that. They tried to destroy Gab and they could not. Gab just kept pushing and said, you will not get us down. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And so long as Gab succeeds and is is, is able to maintain their infrastructure and keep growing, making their own browser, making their own phone, making their own browser extensions, it can be done and it should not only be them. You don't got to be fans of Gab. Just pointing out that they're doing the work. That's what it's time. It's time. It's time to do the work. You're bored. You got nothing to do. You're sitting around watching YouTube videos like this. Start building something. And if you don't know how, it's this simple. Watch a YouTube video. Learn to code. I know it's funny, right? No, but seriously, learn to code. Go out for a hike in the middle of nowhere. Film what you do. Inspire others. Bring your friends. This is what needs to be done to win the war of ideas. Violence is never the answer. And it hurts Antifa. People are criticizing them now. And the left is trying desperately to defend against it because regular people in the suburbs don't like it. I'll tell you what people in the suburbs do, like fun videos where a dude throws a basketball from, you know, on top of a mountain and it lands in the hoop. It's fun and silly. And then when you do it wearing a Gadsden flag shirt, there's a skateboard or skates a mini ramp, you know, like a little half pipe. And the, it, the, the ramp is painted a Gadsden flag. And I'm like, dude, kids watch that. And they see the dude go up and do a kickflip blunt tray flip out. Trust me, that's a great trick. And he lands, and when he rides away, there's the Gadsden flag right on the bottom. And then when they claim that's far right and crazy, kids are going to be like, nah, dude, my, 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 my skateboarder dude is cool. He's not crazy. He's not mean. He's not a bad person. That's what it's all about. There's my message to all of you. For those listening on the podcast, stick around because there's more segments to come. But for everybody else, the next segment will be coming up at 8 p.m. tonight, live at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Check it out. Go to timcast.com. Become a member. We're going to have more bonus member content, exclusive behind-the-scenes stuff. We're going to be, like I mentioned, doing a lot more than just having conversations. But uh, we really need to set up that barrier. And you guys are our first line of defense. So it's all greatly appreciated. And uh, thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all at 8 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCastIRL.